Does Pierre Polyev support the Trudeau government's immigration levels? He's refusing to say. Struggling Canadians take to social media to decry the cost of living, and they're all pushing one common message. Canada is broken. Conservative members are set to debate several anti-woke policy resolutions at the upcoming convention in Quebec City. Hello Canada, this is True North's Daily Brief. I'm Cosmin Georgia. And I'm Ili Quentin Antel. We've got you covered with all the news you need to know. Let's discuss the top stories of the day and the True North exclusives you won't hear anywhere else. Immigration Minister Mark Miller hinted recently that he may soon announce an increase in Canada's immigration targets. The usually outspoken conservative leader Pierre Polyev seemingly has nothing to say about that. Officially, Canada plans to bring in 465,000 permanent residents this year, 485,000 next year, and 500,000 by 2025. But as True North's Lindsay Shepard writes, Canadians shouldn't be fooled. We also invite hundreds of thousands of additional residents every year, such as temporary foreign workers and international students. So our population actually grew by 1.05 million in 2022, even though we have a below replacement fertility rate of 1.40 births per Canadian woman. Canada's exorbitantly high immigration numbers are straining the housing supply, the healthcare system, and social services such as food banks. Many journalists, including True North, have been asking Conservative leader Pierre Polyev what his immigration targets would look like if he becomes Prime Minister. When True North asked Polyev's office whether he would keep Prime Minister Trudeau's immigration targets and what he thinks about Immigration Minister Mark Miller possibly increasing the targets this fall, we received no answers to our questions and was instead sent a link to a CPAC video. In the video, Polyev says, My common sense policy on immigration will be driven by the number of vacancies that private sector employers want to fill, the number of charities that want to sponsor refugees, and the families that want to reunite quickly with loved ones. Polyev stated in the video during a stop in Ottawa, Immigration is now becoming a ballot issue for voters who historically may have only ever expressed support for our system. According to a poll commissioned by Bloomberg News, 68% of Canadians believe Trudeau's immigration targets negatively impact the housing market. Ellie, what are conservatives so worried about? As Lindsay points out in her article, people who would have been hesitant to say it out loud even a year ago are now admitting it. Our high immigration levels make it more difficult for Canadians to house themselves. Right. So given that I live in Ottawa, I've actually asked some of the people that I know that are in this staffer lobbyist class, the Ottawa bubble, and they are all scared of the legacy media. They are genuinely scared of being called racist. But I think there's a disconnect. And as someone who used to work in politics before becoming a nonpartisan journalist, I saw it with my own eyes, the disconnection that the political class and the political elites have with the normal people. And this is an issue where it is so clear that immigration, mass immigration is causing problems. 
CIBC has warned that it's going to create an unprecedented social crisis. That's what its CEO said. The Scotiabank economist said that it's contributing to inflation. There's more and more evidence that it's contributing to the housing crisis because you have four to five immigrants that arrive in Canada per unit of housing. So really, I think this is not genuine fear in the sense that it's not actually backed by things yet yeah, they will get called names and whatnot but i think most canadians actually feel the impacts of mass immigration and they won't really care what the legacy media has to say well just to push back a little on that you've had several economists from prominent banks come out uh, against the immigration targets saying that they should be reduced or they should be reconsidered and the media hasn't necessarily called them racist or, or xenophobic or anything like that. So does it really justify not addressing this, this ominous fear that the media will paint you as an immigration restrictionist? So I don't think the media hates banks the way they hate conservatives. So I think this could be part, part of the explanation. I do think, unfortunately, that once conservatives go and speak out about that there will be some backlash but as i previously said i really don't think it's going to hurt polyev electorally there are immigrants who came here 30 40 years ago when we were not welcoming in 500,000 people they themselves say it's too much we're not actually even helping immigrants we're bringing in so many people we don't have room for them they have to sleep on the street they are paid low wages that's not welcoming. I've argued on this podcast before that less immigration is actually a pro-immigrant policy because we bring in less people, then we have the resources to properly take care of them. There's a new viral trend on popular social media platforms like TikTok and YouTube, where Canadians who are struggling to make ends meet vent their frustrations about the cost of living. Canadians from all walks of life are raising the alarm with one common message. How Canada feels broken. Whether it's affording to pay bills on time, high costs of rent and gas or grocery prices, people are looking for answers. Here are some of the widely shared content about Canada's cost of living crisis. The cost of living, it's too much. The wages are staying the same. I can't afford to move out. I'm 24. And I'm embarrassed that I can't move out. I can't leave my toxic household. So what am I supposed to do? Where where am I supposed to go? Free health care? You know how long it takes to see a mental health professional in Canada? A year. Dermatologist? A year. I feel so utterly stuck. And I went to Mexico City. I went to some cities in Eastern and Central Europe and stuff like that. And there are people who are making like 30, 40K that have like a better life than people I know making like 100 to 150k here in Toronto it's crazy like the cost of living is absolutely insane and cities in Eastern Europe were just like a lot cleaner came back here like things looked a lot dirtier things were a lot less safe I felt a lot more safe closer to <laughs> the Ukrainian war <laughs> than I am back in downtown Toronto I just don't know what to do anymore I'm sitting outside work crying my eyes out in my vehicle because financially I just I don't understand how I make $34 an hour and I can't function. I can't pay my bills. I can't even literally keep gas in my car to get to work three days a week. Like I get paid and it goes to car, mortgage, a couple little bills, maybe $80 in food for the week. So Cosman, I have seen these videos on social media. I'm sure you have as well. And 
these people don't really look like your average conservative voters. It's a very diverse group of Canadians that are saying this is broken. So do you think Canada is broken is a message that Polyev's campaign should and will embrace in the next election? Well, definitely. I think that's the way it's going to go. And um, if I were the liberal HQ or liberal strategists, I would be very worried about these videos and this trend because it's one thing for Polyev to come out and say Canada is broken and a whole nother thing to have all these different Canadians from different walks of life going to, on social media and expressing specifically what's wrong in this country for them. And it's a very common uh, message that's being ex expressed. It's a common problem. You know, we have house of living crisis, the high cost of rent and gas. People are even considering leaving Canada. So I would be very worried if I were the liberals. And just the other day, Pogliev seems to have embraced this. He put out a video compiling some of these clips from social media. And I think it was a very, very smart move and, and strategic because, you know, it's just backing up what he's been saying for the last few months. No, I totally agree with you. And look, he's talked about Canada is broken in the past and the legacy media and the Laurentian elites got all angry. But the fact is, it Canada is broken. I mean, a one bedroom apartment in Vancouver is $3,000 a month. The average in Toronto is $2,500 a month. Food is so expensive. Gas is so expensive. Flights are so expensive that it's cheaper to fly to Europe than it is to fly to Quebec City from Ottawa. There's just so many problems in this country. And as a young person growing up, there is nothing more appealing to me than a politician that recognizes that this country is broken and that needs to be fixed. Because if this trend continues, Cosmin, I don't know if I want to stay here myself when I look at other countries like the United States that are still relatively affordable. Uh, you talked about Liberal HQ being worried, and I'm sure they are worried because the sunny ways that Trudeau uh, talked about when he won the election don't seem to really be there at all. Do you think there's any way that Trudeau's Liberals can turn things around before the next election? I think it looks bad, and it looks bad in the polls specifically. Uh, the Conservatives have quite the lead, so I'm not sure... Uh, how the Liberals can turn this around. Uh, obviously, the polls fluctuate, especially if uh, there's an election cycle. But currently, it's pretty bleak for them. And I, I don't think these, you know, payments that Trudeau boasts of, these one-time payments, including the grocery rebate, you know, uh, they, they're talking about a dental payment as well. I think Jagmeet Singh was talking about that on social media. I don't think that's going to work. It, it might be just a way to placate some voters uh, by giving them a little bit of money, but that doesn't really offset uh, the huge costs that Canadians are being burdened with. Conservative Party of Canada members attending next month's national convention are set to debate several anti-woke policy proposals True North has learned. Resolutions advancing to the convention will address gender ideology as well as diversity, equity, and inclusion. Other resolutions touch on free speech, fighting child grooming, and promoting medical freedom. True North had a look at the list of the 60 policy resolutions that are set to be debated at the convention. Policy proposals are submitted by electoral district associations, 
which are made up of party members. This gives the possibility for grassroots members to influence the party's policies. Conservative policies are non-binding in that leaders are not obligated to include them in the platform and a conservative government would not have to enact them into law. Nonetheless, official party policy has always been regarded as a useful tool to gauge where the party's grassroots members are on key issues. Conservative members will debate a policy submission aimed at protecting women's spaces, including sports, change rooms, and prisons. Another proposal sponsored by the Calgary Heritage EDA seeks to put an end to DEI hiring practices and restore merit in Canada's innovation by directing hiring practices associated with federal research funding away from ideology and instead emphasizing first and foremost supporting and retaining Canada's top research talent irrespective of personal immutable characteristics. Delegates will also be debating a policy proposal sponsored by the Perth-Wellington EDA that would strengthen the party's pro-free speech stance by having it promote policies and legislation designed to protect freedom of expression in the public square, including media and internet platforms, in accordance with the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. Now, this is an exclusive by my colleague here, Ellie. And uh, for more details on the policy resolutions, you can visit www.tnc.news to learn more. So, I, I, Ellie, I can imagine the legacy media salivating, waiting for this convention to come by and jump in and attack the conservatives with a broad stroke and, you know, paint them as, uh, you know, anti-trans, uh, all, all sorts of nasty things. How do you think the liberals are going to spin this, particularly with regard to some of the more controversial policy proposals on child grooming? So they've already started. There's already a Toronto Star piece about this, and they will only continue. But like immigration, I think this is an issue where you have the majority of Canadians agreeing. You have almost 60% of Canadians saying that schools should not hide secrets from parents regarding kids gender confusion 62 percent of canadians believing it is unfair for biological males to compete in women's sports so i think you're going to have the loud fringe minority but i would urge those that are at the convention and i would urge everybody to have a look at the actual proposals and they're very common sense i actually spoke to the woman behind the female spaces proposal yesterday coach linda blade and she is not anti-trans at all her proposal doesn't even mention the word trans so i think as long as conservatives are strong and they focus on the facts and they reach the right people with these policies i don't think it's going to hurt them at all let the legacy media cry we can drink their liberal tears so, Ellie, from my understanding, you will actually be going to this convention in Quebec. What do you expect to see and hear from some of these uh, grassroots members? So I have uh, been told by some senior conservative insiders that this is going to be one of the most significant conservative conventions. And that is because it is very likely the last one before the election where if the polls maintain how they are, would see Pierre Polyev become prime minister. There's a lot of people going to this convention. There's a lot of anticipation for this convention. Hence, I'm very excited to be going there 
with True North, Andrew Lawton, to bring you independent coverage of this convention, non-legacy media biased version of this convention, which I think is so crucial for not only Canadian politics, but our democracy at large. So if you're able to support us because we don't take the legacy media bailout package, then visit donate.tnc.news. That's it for today. And don't forget to check in at www.tnc.news throughout the day for all the news you need to know. And if you're able, please consider supporting independent media at donate.tnc.news. Thanks for listening and have a great day.